Alongside Seth Goldberg, I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Thursday edition of Orange Nation. We are brought to you in part by Dunn Tire. 315-437-7644. Very busy show for you today. We were unable to track down Coach Q yesterday. He got caught up in security at the airport. Seth, I know you had a chance to speak with Coach Q this morning while I was over at the Mellow Center uh, speaking with Jerry McNamara. Yes? Yes. Yes, actually, I had a double dip of, of head coaches this morning. I uh, I spoke with Jim Beheim. Uh, that'll be on the block later, and then Coach Q got him right back to back. Can you give us anything from from Coach Beheim? You want to um, keep it under wraps? Really, Can you give us a little tease, some, as they call it. Some really interesting stuff about why they rebounded well. I thought against Virginia because uh, obviously last weekend he had said, "Oh, well, that was kind of a myth. You know, we're not that good a rebounding team." And then they went out and had a great rebounding game. Um, some really interesting stuff I, I thought about why they rebound well against Virginia. And Coach Q, does he have the TSA pre-check? Did you, did you, I didn't even ask. Oh, you got, I didn't even ask. you got to ask the hard-hitting questions, Seth. I know. I know. Uh, um, all right, we'll get to that Coach Q interview at some point over the course of the next two hours. We'll get to my interview with Jerry McNamara. Of course, tonight is the uh, television version of Orange Nation over at the Marriott Syracuse downtown. We'll be down there live from 7 to 7.30. We're going to be in the lobby. Coach Beheim's down in Shaughnessy, so uh, come by and uh, certainly say hello. So we'll get to that Jerry McNamara interview here in hour number one. We'll get to Coach Q most likely in hour number two. And then Danny Shays uh, set to join us at 1 o'clock, as he does every Thursday. We, we had the chance uh, last night, Seth, to see a couple of, of SU's upcoming opponents. Florida State, obviously the next opponent, uh, was at home against Louisville. Uh, Pittsburgh was home for Duke. And then, of course, after Florida State, uh, Syracuse is home for Pittsburgh uh, next Tuesday. And then they close out the month at Georgia Tech. We saw the Yellow Jackets in action last night as well against Notre Dame. Uh, Let's start, I guess, with Florida State. You brought up yesterday they had not lost at home in two years. It was a 28-game home winning streak. And it goes down last night in a game that they led by 16 points. Yeah. And Louisville just hung around, made some big shots. You know, they say that about the NBA, that it's a it's a make-or-miss league, that all the games are close to the end, and it's who makes the shots or misses the shots down the stretch. That was the case last night. Louisville hung around. They made some shots down the stretch of that game, and they knock off Florida State at home. And, and the Seminoles, ranked 23rd in the country right now, 1-3 in ACC play tied with Syracuse. Now, you look at their losses. They lost to Miami, Duke, and now Louisville, and they beat North Carolina at home. Uh, Sounds a little different. But you talk about a sense of urgency for both teams heading into this game on Saturday. It was going to be a big game anyway, obviously, for a lot of reasons. But the Seminoles now coming in 1-3. They're at home. They're going to be in a bad mood. They're going to have that sense of urgency to to bounce back, and, and obviously it becomes a big game for Syracuse as well. And neither team wants to drop to one and four through five games. No, absolutely not. Uh, you can't really afford to. And, and the funny thing is, I, I remember saying on yesterday's show, you know, there's so many venues that you think of of, of more hostile before you would get to Florida State, and you know, Duke and the Dean Dome, and and uh, you know, even up here in Louisville. And I said, and at Pittsburgh. 
the Peterson Event Center. Uh, and then the P- Panthers get demolished by 30-something points at home. And, and uh, venues, I'll, I'll just say, uh, venues don't carry much weight when the team's not good. Um, and atmosphere doesn't carry much weight when the team's not good. But that game with, with Louisville and, and Florida State last night, the fact that Louisville could come back, because uh, they've been like a very average team this year. Uh, they haven't been as good as they were expected to be. They lost a couple games in the non-conference, um, and they just haven't been all that interesting. And uh, to come back from 16-17 down and, and be able to win that game, that was incredibly impressive. Yeah, down 13 at the break, and again, just uh, made some big shots down the stretch, and, and they pulled that thing off. And you, you know, you say that they, they lost some games in the non-conference. They had three non-conference losses, but again, keep in mind how the season started, how literally the first day of practice started, where all of a sudden they have a new head coach, right. and a lot of transition, a lot of turnover there. They're hiring assistant coaches you know, while practice is underway, so it, it's been a transition. Uh, for that team you know they have talent I mean they have top 10 talent in that program um, no Brian Bowen by the way did you see Brian Bowen has been admitted uh, to South Carolina uh, yes I did and I tweeted about it and I have been getting a lot of hate tweets from South Carolina fans what did you say I said uh, hold on let me pull up the exact tweet so I don't get this wrong uh, I said you're quoting yourself. You I don't am, want to misquote I I don't yourself. Wanna, I don't want to okay. get this wrong. I said, so Brian Bowens is dropped by Louisville because of the FBI's probe into college basketball and then picks one of the schools where a former coach was arrested as part of the same probe. Come on, bud. Bad optics, right? It is. It's terrible optics. He's Even not if, eligible yet, though. we no, got to keep that in mind. No, but... If the NCAA clears him, the NCAA clears him. No, I know, but I'm just getting so many tweets from South Carolina people that are like, they had no connection. I'm like, that's not the point. Like, the school might not, but there was a coach there who took a bribe while he was there. How many South Carolina fans follow you None. On Twitter? None. None of these people follow me. I didn't mention South Carolina in the tweet. I don't know why they found it. I don't know why they're tweeting at me. What have you done? I don't know. Anyway, Brian Bowen is is now a member of, uh, uh, well, I was going to say the South Carolina program. He's not officially a member of the program yet. He still has to be cleared by the NCAA. That has not happened, but he's at least enrolled at South Carolina and uh, and taking classes there. Louisville wanted no part of him. Uh, they said they, they were not going to seek right away. reinstatement. Yes, they dumped him right away. So uh, Brian Bowen now uh, at South Carolina. I was going to get to Pittsburgh since you brought them up. I was going to save Pittsburgh for last, but since you brought them up, we'll get to Pittsburgh second, uh, you know, after Florida State losing. That's the one thing that has held true that we thought at the beginning of the year. We thought Pitt was going to be really bad. That is the one thing that has held true, that Pitt is awful. And they just got demolished last night, 87-52. They were down 26 points at halftime. Never had a chance. Pitt is really bad. Um, Syracuse closes out the month at Georgia Tech. Nice win for the Yellow Jackets last night. Again, Notre Dame without Bonzi Colson, without Matt Farrell. Georgia Tech did to the Irish what... Syracuse probably should have done to the Irish, yes. and that was win a close game. You know, they win it by seven, sixty to fifty-three. Um, but a nice win for the Yellow Jackets. They're now two and one in the ACC. Notre Dame drops to three and one. Louisville two and one. It's listen. It's going to be an uphill battle. Syracuse is tied for next to last in the conference right now. Pitt is the only winless team in the league. Florida State and Syracuse now among those with only one win. Uh, both enter Saturday one and three. Yeah, uh, Pittsburgh is bad, right? Like, we knew Pittsburgh was going to be bad, and Pittsburgh is bad. Uh, That's not surprising. That is a team that you need to beat twice. Uh, Virginia Tech did exactly what Syracuse should have done. You you said maybe, like, they did exactly what Syracuse should have done. Georgia Tech, yes. Georgia Tech, sorry. Uh, 
Uh, you you've got to beat that. You you've got to beat that Notre Dame team. Uh, you you have to beat that Notre Dame team if they don't have Colson or Farrell. And and I think that game more than any other game, uh, more than the Wake Forest game, more than the St. Bonaventure game, more than any bad loss that is ahead of this Syracuse team, you're gonna look back at that game on January sixth at the end of the year and say, man, that should have been a win. Uh, and I don't think there's any way around it. Um, you know the ACC is going to be tough enough, and you mentioned an uphill battle. The ACC is going to be tough enough that if you don't win the games that you should, if you don't take advantage of teams being shorthanded, uh, you're going to really, really struggle. Um, and, and I guess the interesting thing, and you mentioned all these teams that are are winning and all these teams that are ahead of Syracuse. Um, I'm curious to see how the standings end up shaking out, and I mean by that I mean. Will uh, you know? Will there be a team that runs away from everybody? Will there be two teams that run away from everybody the way there were last year? Right, because last year there were two really bad teams at the bottom of the conference, and then there were a couple. Like there were two teams that had two conference wins. There were a couple more that had four conference wins, and that allowed a lot of other teams to win a lot of games. Right, there were what ten teams in conference that won ten games last year, so. I'm curious to see if that's going to happen again because right now there's one team that I think we can look at and say that team is really, really bad. And right now that's only Pittsburgh. Like, I think Syracuse is is right now playing below-average basketball. I think Boston College is a below-average team. I think Georgia Tech's a below-average team. I don't think NC State's very good. But right now I think you can only point to one team in the ACC and say they might legitimately only win one game, right? And, And last year you had Boston College and you had NC State, who was bad, and you had uh, you know Pitt, who wasn't very good. So I, I think that if there aren't enough bad teams for everybody to beat up on, there might not be enough wins available for Syracuse to grab 10 and go to the tournament. You know, Does that make any sense? It does. Two things that I want to comment on what you just said. Uh, you, you mentioned NC State and BC both being below average teams. And oh, by the way, They're I tend to agree Syracuse with you. Right now. They both in, beat in Duke. The yeah, okay. exactly. They both beat Duke. Doesn't that prove the point? Like, yes. la- like last year, Boston College wasn't beating Duke. That does prove the point because in order to beat Duke, you got to be pretty good. And I would agree with you at the end of the day, I think BC and NC State are both going to be in the bottom half of the standings. But they both beat Duke. Uh, so that's what the one thing I wanted to come on. Like the last, other thing is... Last year yeah. you had BC with two wins, NC State with four, Pitt with four, um, and Clemson at six. And NC State wasn't even really that bad. They had a ton of talent. They just they couldn't did. win games. Sure. But you had those four teams that were six games on, under five hundred or worse, and then you had Georgia Tech who won eight, and everybody else was 500 or better in your conference. I, I mean, that... Like, you need to have some really bad teams for that to happen. Syracuse is sitting at, what, 10th in the conference last year, and they won 10 games. Like, if you don't have four teams behind you that are only winning four games and they're only going to be and are going to be 10-plus games under five hundred in the ACC, like, that's not possible. And so I know that we could talk about Syracuse and, hey, get to 10, get to 10, get to 10, and you're in all likelihood a tournament team. But so much of this depends on everybody else in the conference where, like, if if NC State's a step better than last year, and instead of four wins, they get six, and Clemson is a lot better than they were last year, and instead of six wins, they're going to win ten, right? Let's just say ten or twelve. Uh, Georgia Tech is is probably about the same, so they'll win eight. Boston College is better than two and 16, so maybe they win five. 
Right? Like, and, and all of a sudden, instead of having three teams that win four games or worse, you've got one that's that's 10 games sub 500. That makes it a lot harder to pile up wins for everybody else. It does, but I will say this. It's almost better in a way, then, that it doesn't matter who your wins come against. Like we said, Syracuse gets to right. 10 wins and they're in. And if the conference is that balanced, does it really matter who you beat? To get to 10, and at this no. point, obviously starting 1 and 3, maybe 1 and 4, if they get to 10, they're going to have some really good wins on their on their resume. So, in a way, it's good. In a way, it's, we just need to worry about ourselves. In a way, it's, you know, get to 10 wins, and whatever else shakes out in the conference will be fine. Um, the other thing I wanted to comment on that you said, I, I jumped on you and I corrected you. You said, you know, Virginia Tech did last night what Syracuse should have done. I said, no, Georgia Tech. And yes. then, well, you know what? Virginia Tech did last night what Syracuse should have done as well, and that's go to Wake Forest and win. <laughs> yeah. So, so maybe you weren't wrong. I didn't mean to say that, but yes, they did that too. So you look at the standings right now. And I bet the best player wasn't injured for that for right. the whole game against right. Virginia Tech. And so you look at the standings now, and you've got Florida State, Syracuse, Wake Forest all at 1-3, and three, and Wake's one win, of course, against Syracuse, and then Pitt at the bottom of the conference at 0-4. At so, like, can you say with confidence, like, just to wrap up this, this last point, some reason is rattling around my head. Can you say with confidence that any team other than Pittsburgh is going to finish ten games under five hundred in the ACC? Not at all, because just not looking at the records and not knowing, you know, not looking back at at what's happened through the first five games of conference play. Who is the next worst team in this conference? Just knee jerk reaction. Probably Boston College. I was say, either NC BC State. or NC State, right. and they both beat Duke. So right. that goes back to the point we just made. So it's either BC or NC State, and they both have wins over arguably the, the most talented. Well, not arguably the most talented team. Duke is the most talented team in the conference. Not the best team at this point. Got to figure things out on defense. I'd say Virginia's the best team right now. I think Duke, as I mentioned yesterday on the show, I think Duke ultimately will be the best team in this conference. Let's take our first time out. Tell you what, let's get to my interview with Jerry McNamara in the next segment, and then we'll uh, open up the phone lines at 315-437-7644. We're just getting started on a Thursday edition of Orange Nation, back after this on ESPN Radio. Brent Axe 4-6, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Stephen, Seth, back with you on a Thursday edition of Orange Nation. Full lines are open, 315-437-7644. you got about a half hour or so to chime in before we get to Danny Shays at the top of the hour. As we talk SU basketball, and I uh, wanted to get your thoughts, Seth, uh, on my interview with Jerry McNamara. Um, I found the the topic of the the offensive struggles to to be interesting because again there is no easy fix and, and we've been asked about it time and time again over the last several weeks you know what do you do and everybody's got their own solution there is not an easy solution you have three guys who are legit scorers and and then not much else in terms of you know scoring punch after that so you know I, jerry said and it it makes sense that it starts with Cutting down on the turnovers, especially the unforced turnovers, valuing each possession, and getting better shots. And if you get better shots, theoretically more are going to go in. And if you turn the ball over less, you're going to get more opportunities to score. 
So I think that that first and foremost, it starts there. And then you hope guys develop. And he pointed to Pascal Chuku, who is developed, and, and he's starting to improve, and he's starting to get better on the offensive end. And he pointed to Matthew Moyer, who really is working on that 15 to 17 foot jump shot in practice. And maybe the three point shot isn't his thing, but if he can hit, hit a foul on jumper, I mean, you know, again, I'll go back to Tyler Roberson. Right. How often did we say over four years with if Tyler Roberson? If he jumper, can hit a foul right. on jumper, how dangerous would this kid be the way he gets after it on the glass? So Moyer's working on that. You hope that the guys progress as the season moves along. And so in the interim, while you wait for that to happen and you wait for them to blossom and you wait for what happened against UConn, to be more of a, a regular thing out of Matthew Moyer. You wait for what happened against Virginia to be a more regular thing out of Pascal Chuka. What you can do in the interim is limit turnovers and take better shots. And and it's right. easier said than done. And it's a it's a simple fix or you know, it's it's not gonna completely solve the problem that you only have three guys who can score. But in the interim, that's probably the best that you can hope for. Absolutely. Because at the end of the day, and we talked about this not in the non-conference as a part of the is it sustainable kind of a thing. At the end of the day, like, those three guys can only get you so far, right? Like, even if, and this it has not happened yet and probably won't happen all season, even if Tyus Battle, Frank Howard, No Shape Brissett all score 20 points, which, like, probably isn't going to happen, right? Uh, I, I would I would be willing to bet that's not going to happen at any point this season. But even if they do, let's just hypothetically say they each score 20 points. That's 60. Okay, you give them each a couple over. Okay, maybe it gets up to 67. Is that enough to win games? Some games it might be. The Notre Dame game it what it would have been. The Virginia game it very well could have been enough to win. Uh but on a regular basis is that enough to win? I I don't think so. I don't think 60 points is enough to win. You can't bet on your defense holding teams to in the 50s. So you need something from somewhere, right? Which is why when Pascal Chuku gives you nine points, that's important. And when Matthew Moyer gives you 10 or 12 points, that's a big deal. Uh, you need something coming from somewhere else. And the question becomes, can they get it on a consistent basis rather than a fluke one-off? Hey, he had nine and 16 against Virginia. Hey, Matthew Moyer had 18 points and, and 12 rebounds against UConn. Can they get something that's more than a one-off or are they just going to get a bunch of, you know, flashes and and flashes in the pan as the season goes on um i do think that these guys are developing more as as jerry said matthew moyer's got the confidence to take a three every now and then uh you know pascal chuk will put the ball on the ground and put a hook shot up uh like we're seeing development out of these guys i think there's no question about it uh the question becomes is that development happening fast enough one and two is it are they developing enough to the point where they can legitimately contribute offensively to this team So you think 65 points is the benchmark is that is that kind of what you're saying Probably, yeah. I think you've got to get to 65. I mean, 65, look, 65 blows out Notre Dame. We've talked about this. 65, you scored 67 against Wake Forest. It wasn't enough. You had a bad defensive day. 65 makes the game against Virginia a whole lot more interesting. Yeah, 65. 65 we, seems like the number. I, I think I think you're right on there. 65 would not have been enough against Kansas. You still would have lost that game. 65 would have been enough against, against Bonaventure. Bonaventure. 65 would have been a, enough against Notre Dame. I would even say, and I know that they scored 67 against Wake, but if they, if they, had, done, if they had done 65 the right way, they win that game, right? I mean, it was tied with two minutes to go, and there right. was that one possession where Battle missed the three, there was the long rebound and the leak out, and it was a five-point swing. So right. if they had done 65 the right way, like if, I get what you're like saying, if that yeah. three had gone in, 
then there's a really good chance they win that game. And they, you know, maybe they do it 65-62 instead of a whole bunch of free throws at the end and they lose it 73-67. So 65 might have been enough uh, in that game. Um, and, you know, it would have been a one-possession game against Virginia and you'll take your chances in a one-possession game, you know, against a, a top three team in the country. So, yeah, I think 65 is the number. And you got to think more often than not, this defense is going to be able to hold teams below 65 points. Just look at what they've done in the ACC. Virginia Tech, they held them to 56. Again, Wake, bunch of free throws at the end, got to 73. And they didn't play a very good defensive game then. Right. And they they gave up three threes in a row, and and Bryant Crawford got hot in the the second half. Notre Dame, you hold them to 51. And and UVA, again, was right around that 65 total. They they made some free throws down the stretch uh, as well. Um, I think they had 60 with with just over a minute to go. So you're you're right there. And so if the defense keeps doing that, and if your benchmark is 65, is that sustainable? But it, yeah, but again, I think, what I it, think you'll be able to win a lot of games in this league if you can if you could get to 65. But again, what does it take to get to 65? Right? Because I said if the three of them all score 20, that's never happening. I mean, it has not happened yet, and and I don't see that happening. Um, you know, okay, so Tyus Battle scores 24. All right, great. And Frank Howard gives you 18. Okay, you're at, uh, you know, you're at 42. Uh, you know, is O'Shea Brissett going to give you 23? No. Like, you know, is it is it fair to say O'Shea Brissett gave us 15? Sure. Now you're at 57. How do you get those other eight or ten points that you need to win? And well, other guys have to do right. something. No, I right? know. It but can't just be three no, and nothing no, else. No, I know. I mean, but but that's what I'm saying is. Can you consistently rely on it? And they've got to get to the point where you can rely consistently because I think even those numbers, you know, is is it fair to say Tyus Battle is going to score twenty four points from here on out every game? I don't know. Um, you know, they they've got to get to a point where they can consistently rely on Moyer and Shuku because let's face it, those are the only two who are really playing. Uh, they've got to get to the point where they can say Moyer and Chukwu will give us ten points, twelve points, uh, fifteen points, right combined. Somehow, some way, night in, night out, and if they get to that point, the offense will look a lot better. The offense will uh, produce a, a lot more. Just going by their averages, if they hit their average every game, right this second, those three are averaging fifty. Right. So how do you get the other fifteen? Right. Someone else has to do something. You know, it's a collective. Like, is it too much to ask for three other guys to score fifteen points between Chuku, Moyer, and Dolajai? And then I mean, it shouldn't Sadibay be. But- and Washington, like they're just you know you don't know how much they're going to play. But those other three guys, can you get fifteen out but of those three guys? See, it shouldn't be that difficult. But Dolajai hasn't scored in in what two weeks? Oh, I know. You know, I, so, I, I, I'm uh, fully so, aware. Sorry, he had two points against Notre Dame. I, I'm, uh, I'm fully aware. Hasn't made a field goal since the Virginia Tech game. He's one of eight in, uh, from the field in ACC play. Uh, you know, it, it's just you're only taking eight shots in four games. You've only made one of them. Uh, like you, you got to get something out of him. Like Matthew Moyer, if if that three point ball can can get a little bit, you know, if you can get a little bit more confident in that three point shot. Uh, maybe that's the shot. If Pascal Chukwu can get a little bit more confident and and a little bit stronger with the ball in his hands, maybe that's the shot. You know, and and he can go up and he can get you a hook shot, a dunk, a lob, uh, an alley oop kind of a play, um, one of each every game, and and you're at six. You know, at least that cuts it down a little bit. He, like it, it, it's a matter of finding the points. I think the the most likely source of offense of the other guys is Chukwu. 
Um, I agree. And Moyer here and there has shown his ability that when he's active on the glass and he can get to the offensive glass, he can make an impact. He's not shooting threes. Okay, he. You said maybe he can get more confidence. He's he's one for eight. He hit one against UConn, and and basically, you know, Jim Beheim made fun of it after the game, and he said, "Right, you know, we're we never got getting a, that We got again. a three from a guy who is never going to make a three again." And you know, let's let's start with the fifteen to seventeen footer. Let's let's start with you know, can he make the foul on jumper? Maybe he develops that over the course of his career, the three point shot. I don't think you rely on that right now. I think the guy who has the best chance to give you a spark on a regular basis outside of the big three is the big fella, Pascal Chuku. Well, yeah, because he's going to have a height advantage every single time he steps on the floor. And I do think he's getting better with the ball. He looked a lot better yes, with the ball the he other He looks night. more comfortable with the ball. He's just Here's the thing that's got to come next. He's just got to get stronger with it. He's just got to get to the point where if he brings the ball down, which... You know, you're usually taught when you're a center not to do. But if he brings the ball down, it's not going to just get slapped at and slapped away. Uh, And I think that's kind of the next step because he'll go up and get the rebound, and then as soon as the ball comes down, he loses it. So it feels like the next step for him is get stronger with the ball, be stronger with it so that you don't get the ball slapped out of your hands and you have the, the ability and you have the time to make a move and go to the basket. And maybe it's not just points. I mean, he tied for the team lead in a sit. No, I'm kidding. Playmaker, he is triple double. He is. He he had one assist against uh, against Virginia, as did uh, Frank Howard and Tyus Battle. I think it was the Rose- team leading assist. I think it was Roosevelt Bowie on the post game show. I, I think it was on the post game show. He said, uh, "I expect him to get a triple double." And I was like, "Is that because of his assist?" And he's <laughs> like, "No, because of the blocks." And I was like, "Oh, right." He might not get ten assists all season. I, I don't know. I don't have the stats in front of me. I wonder if he has ten assists all year. I'll look at that during the break. We got to wrap up hour number one right after this. He has on five. Five. Okay. So it, he's on pace. He's on pace to get to ten. He's on, on pace for ten. Back after this on ESPN Radio.